give it just a chance to dial in. Um, just standing, waiting to come up, I thought of how much of Debbie and my journey centered around this place. I mean, 1985, landing in Houston, and uh, was no nucleus start. Some people said, who are you? I said, I'm a kamikaze pastor. You know? <laughs> but... You know, and as we're going to, what's so important, this morning we're talking about prayer. And I'm going to be sharing how, you know, at points, I mean, prayer was the, is the key to why we're sitting here today. There's incredible answers to prayer that made this all possible. And uh, I want to speak this morning on this first Sunday of 20. 23, on the topic, you don't pray enough. You don't pray enough. You're saying, how can you say that? You don't know anything about my life. No, I'm not saying that. The Apostle Paul in our text is saying that. And we'll see in a little bit later, Jesus is saying that. So let's dive in and look at Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. This is the passage that follows the Apostle Paul, as he has described the seven, six pieces of the armor of God. And after he gets finished with that, he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So this is what the Apostle Paul was saying. And if you, don't, if you fulfill what Paul is speaking there, then you don't need this sermon. But... If, you, if you're praying in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, alert, always keeping on praying for the saints, then maybe you'll get a pass. But if you're not, we're in this together this morning. Now, Paul is teaching in Ephesians 6 about spiritual warfare. And so he gives, he looks at this Roman soldier, and God, by his spirit, inspired Paul to jot down and be able to transition that to what we need to live the Christian life. And then he ends with this emphasis on prayer. Now, I've observed in my ministry over the years that this is true. Christians that have an active, vibrant prayer life definitely have an advantage in living for God. They have greater discernment, more wisdom. They learn dependency upon God that leads to humility, inner strength in times of testing and trial. And I believe that these are characteristics that we all want. So what does this secret weapon prayer look like? How can we have... Prayer as a bigger part of our life in 2023. 
So we look at Paul's exhortation, but we want to look at it through the window of an event in the Old Testament, Exodus 17. Moses had just led the people, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea, and they're in a huge, desolate area of the Sinai Peninsula. It's known today as a large portion of Saudi Arabia. Now, in this area is Midian, and you might find this interesting, because Moses had spent 40 years in Midian, so he knew Midian like the back of his hand. And this is where God had led the people. And there was a crisis that had happened, and that is they didn't have any water. And so at Rephidim, uh, Moses was instructed by God. This is the first time he was instructed by God to use the rod and hit the rock. He was in God's plan at that point. And the second time is at the end of his life when God said, don't strike the rock but speak to the rock. Well, this is the time where he was told to strike the rock. He struck the rock, and we know that water flowed out of that rock, and the million people that were in the desert all had plenty to drink. No sooner was that crisis finished than another crisis came on the scene. Moses is looking over the landscape, And he sees an army of warriors, swords drawn, archers preparing to darken the sky with their deadly arrows, and they're planning to attack the Israelites. The Israelites sitting in the desert are are just, just waiting to be captured. It had been just two months before that they had left Egypt. Moses had not trained an army. In fact, if they had any weapons, they probably could have got them from the Egyptians that were left in the Red Sea when they crossed, but uh, we we don't read anything about having any weapons. And Moses knew how vulnerable God's people were at this time. They can't run. There's no place to hide. He's scared for the women and children. And so Moses turns to three people that he really trusted in times of trouble. He gives direction to Joshua. He says, Joshua, go up, muster some troops. Find who you can. Get ready for battle. Get out there. And Joshua is young and optimistic and doesn't realize how bad the carnage could be. But he gets out there. And then Moses, who's 80 years old, turns to his 83-year-old brother, Aaron, and her their aging brother-in-law, and he says, we need to do what we can do. So these three octogenarians began to struggle up this hill. And they, and they got up this hill, and they knew what they had to do. They, well, what they didn't do is they didn't yell at Joshua is what he should do. They, they didn't start throwing stones at the people that were coming. Instead, they went up there, And the whole purpose of going up there was to call upon God. They intuitively and instinctively did what small children do when they don't feel safe. They run to their caregiver. They run to their parents. And they they lift up their hands and they say, help me. And that's one of the first images we see in this passage when it comes to prayer. 
When we're in a desperate situation, we lift up our hands and we call out to God. We, we lift, lift up our hands and call out the one who can help us. So Moses, supported by Aaron and Hur, call out to God as they see the enemy approaching. They say, we need your supernatural help. I want to read in Exodus 17 what happened next on the hilltop there. And what we see here is there's an open invitation at any time in our life to call upon the Lord. And this is what they did. So we read these words. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Come choose some of the men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the mountain. And we know what they did. They prayed. They lifted up their hands, and they began to pray. Now, you know, it's not only Moses who did this, but when Jesus was on earth, he looked at thousands and thousands of people who were harried and distressed by life. And he said to these people, you don't pray enough. You don't pray enough. Now, that's not exactly what Jesus said. But he said something that was more poignant and more directed than even that. In Matthew 7, 7 through 8, he said these words, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, find. And him who knocks, the door will be opened. Yes, you need to pray, Jesus says. Ask, seek, knock. This is the way to open the blessings of heaven. Ask for heaven's help. Seek for heaven's guidance. Knock, and God will open a door for you. And so as we look at the complexities and challenges of our day, it's high time that we leverage the resources of heaven for our daily life. And as we continue in this passage in Exodus 17, it says this, When Moses' hands grew tired, or I'll start reading at verse 10. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite armies with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll. I don't want you people ever to forget this. 
as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner, as we know that is Jehovah Nisi. He said, For my hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So here we have, with battle taking place, we have the image of three men united, supporting one another in prayer. Now, when you look at this passage, do you ever wonder how long it took before Moses, Aaron, and her realized that there was a correlation between raised hands and putting them down? You can imagine it gets to be around 10 o'clock and Moses is ready for lunch. And so he goes out and has a donut, pulls out his iPad, checks on his email, and uh, slowly meanders back to the other two guys. And uh, they, they raised Moses' hands up. And, you know, Aaron and her, they had noticed that it was moving, the battle was moving in the other direction. And then his hands went up, and all of a sudden, Israel's forces are surging forward. So they made a little mental note of that, and Aaron mentioned to uh, Moses, you know, when it's dinner time, I think you better just move along when you eat your sandwich, and uh, maybe not have a dessert, because there seems to be a one-to-one correspondence between lifting up hands and putting them down. And uh, when they were up, Israel prevailed. When they were down, Amalekites prevailed. I hope that this imagery of lifting up hands, of praying to God, and of just dilly-dallying around and doing our own thing when we put them down, that you remember this in this message and you have that image planted in your mind as we begin 2023. I've written this. On so many levels, the tide of your life's battle hinges on the location of your hands. On so many levels, the tide of life's battle hinges on the location of your hands. This is what Paul had in mind. He knows that the tide of the battle is determined by prayer. And that's why he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, physically, the difference between raised hands and hands down really isn't that big of a deal. I measured it. When I put my hands up, it's about eight feet. When I put them down... It's like 26 inches, you know, above the floor. 68 inches, no big deal. But I've seen again and again, and many of you had in our lives, and especially that prayer, lifted hands, focusing on God, 
changes everything. I had a small idea of this when I began as the planter of this church. And so I knew I had to get people to pray. And I remember sending monthly prayer requests religiously to 15 churches, and there were numerous people in each of those churches that prayed. Those prayers were part of what built this church. Prayer has an effect on the tide of the battle. There's a short verse in Psalm 103, verse 7, that has an incredible punch. It says this. Well, it's up there. Let's read it together. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. He made known his ways to, know, to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. There's a difference between knowing the ways of God and the deeds of God. In this situation, the children of Israel saw the deeds of God. They saw the miracles. They saw how they got out of Egypt with the ten plagues. They saw going through the Red Sea. They saw the rock that was struck. But Moses understood the plans of God. He understood the ways of God. And you see, you can tell if you're a person who under, looks for the deeds to prayer or the ways of prayer. The person with the ways of prayer understands what God is working in this world. It understands the plan of the church for this world. And it keeps that you know, creation, fall, redemption, restoration of what God is doing in the big picture. If it's just the deeds of God, we get excited when we see answers to prayer. And we should get excited when we see answers to prayer. But to see answers to prayer, Moses knew the ways of God. And so it's important that we understand the ways of God. We read in verse 12, when Moses' hands grew tired. Now why would Moses' hands get tired? Gravity. Just simple Gravity. You may have been in a fitness class where you had to do all kinds of things and keep your hands in the air. Pretty soon they got, they got tired. They got tired. And uh, so he got tired. But in addition to that, there was something very special about Moses and that he had a rod. And I can imagine that this was a big, heavy rod because, I mean, he carried that all the way from Egypt to Canaan. That rod stuck with him. And so he not only had, you know, the gravity on his, his arms, but he also had that heavy Rod. But we know that that staff was more than just a simple stick. It was a symbol of God's power and also a symbol of deliverance. Consider the following Moses put the staff of God in the Nile River, and the result was the Nile turned to blood, water to blood. Moses raised the staff over the Red Sea, a path with water piled on both sides happened. The Israelites could walk through on dry ground. Moses struck the rock, and everyone had water. Well, it's a beautiful picture of prayer that we see here. Moses becomes weary. The two old guys hold up his arms. And through that binding together, they knew that Moses was just running out of energy. And so they supported him and encouraged him. And through that, through the Lord's Staff, 
the banner being raised. The Lord is my banner. That's what it is. Jehovah Nisi, one of the great names of God in the Old Testament. A threefold cord was formed and God won the victory. Jehovah Nisi is an incredible name for God. In the Old Testament, a banner was like a flag. The symbol on the flag or the staff showed when that represented to whom you were committed. When the nations walk at the Olympic Games, we see athletes enthusiastically waving their flag of the nation that they represent. In this case, the staff of God was raised, was raised to let everyone know the one true God who was represented. Now, I'd like to give you at this time, you can see in your worship program, there are three takeaways. The first one, we need to declare, the Lord is my banner. We are in the step, walking with the one true God in all the world who is at the center of our prayers, Jehovah Nisi. And through calling upon the Lord with raised hands, we can overcome the many challenges, problems, and attacks of the evil one we face in 2023. And we all know that they're there. In the case of the Amalekites, they were enemies against God and his people. As you go through the Bible, you read about multiple times these people attacking God's people. Amalek was the grandson of Esau. The tribe of people were the first to attack God's people in the desert, as described in Exodus 17. At the time of the judges, Gideon had to fight the Amalekites. They also attacked God's people at the time of King Saul. David also had to battle the Amalekites. Haman, at the time of Esther, was an Amalekite. He tried to destroy the entire Jewish nation. Why? To destroy the Jews would be to destroy the line of Jesus the Messiah. His sinister plot was revealed to Mordecai, who counseled Esther how she could save God's people from wicked, wicked Haman. Do you know that there are over 130 verses in the Bible that relate to the Amalekites? 130 verses. I looked at them. And what we can count on as we walk with God, that we will experience trials and tribulations in our life. And they will not be just one time, but they will, they will come at us at multiple, multiple times. And so that's why Jehovah Nisi and the words of Paul are so important. Be alert and always keep on praying. And pray with all kinds of prayers. Keep your hands lifted up. That's the first takeaway. Second takeaway, we need to know the ways of God in prayer. Like we saw in Psalm 103, verse 7. Moses knew the ways of God, and the people of Israel saw the deeds. It's wonderful to rejoice in the deeds of answered prayer. But it's also even more so to understand the plan of God as he's working it out. Takeaway number three, spiritual battles can be tiring. Moses' hands were heavy as he held the staff of God. In ministry, leaders, pastors like Pastor Greg, they become weary. They become tired with everything that they have to do. And so it's very important that we support them and we pray for them and we encourage them and we strengthen them. 
trials come and trials weary us. And it can be a time where we can say, well, intercessory prayer doesn't work. You know, we can get to that point. But we need to continue to believe. Many times that God says, keep praying. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open for you. So call upon people with the report of others. Now, in conclusion, I have three ways that you can lift up God in your life. I see that Phil is working in a class at this point, but Phil would always tell me, make sure you have three applications. So, so here are here are three three applications. You you can you can see them in your worship program. I want to just just highlight these. Um, if you're a parent and you really want, you know how important prayer is. Here's an excellent book. What every child should know about prayer. And if you got little ones or you know under junior high, this is a great book. Uh, just a, just a thought of this book is Nancy, Nancy Guthrie. book is a gift for anyone seeking to help grow their children's faith, especially as it concerns increasing in the knowledge and the practice of prayer. Not only is what every child should know about prayer immensely practical and understandable, but it is intelligently and artfully designed for little readers. So, I encourage that. If you say, well, I want to grow in prayer myself. I want to be one of these people that understand the ways of God and not just the deeds of God. This is an excellent book. Recently attended a retreat with about 80 80 pastors. We went through this book and Paul Miller. It's a praying life. This man has literally prayed for 50 years. And he keeps track of what God does in marvelous ways. Uh, a praying life. And then one final way, which I have in your worship program or it's in your prayer notes, sign up for the 30-day prayer challenge. Isn't that interesting? We have a 30-day prayer challenge coinciding with a message on prayer. Because I did want to be up here shouting at saying to you, you need to pray, you need to pray more. But there is a way that you can get involved in this. Uh, welcome to the 30-Day Prayer Challenge. This is with our classes, our region. And uh, it's just begun. And Pastor Andy Seitzma from New Life Church in Spring and Pastor Peter Avalis from Peace Church in Bear Creek are putting today, putting together every day uh, about a one-and-a-half minute. That's all, about a one-and-a-half-minute little video which you can get in your computer. And what is the purpose of this? We would like everybody to pray 30 days for three minutes for our pastors, for the pastor Greg and other pastors, our church leadership and his church, that we would experience a spiritual awakening for our CRC family. We're excited to see God move in our churches and community And there's one other area that is on this and that one of the groups of people that we want to target are the young adults in our community that they would be connected to.
to Christ. That'll be a good way to see if God answers their prayer because uh, young adults aren't the easiest to get into church and get connected in the church and to get involved in the church, but they have a lot of time. It's a great resource group. So I am going to ask you if you would pray for that, and you can look at the link. You can use the link. You can also contact Peace Community Church. There's a... uh, there's a uh, uh, email address, and there's also a, uh, a telephone number if you have any questions to call. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the great purpose and power of prayer in our lives. Lord, we thank you that uh, as the churches have come out of COVID, Lord, we've experienced a uh, decrease in membership. Lord, we've Uh, experienced churches that are struggling in a variety of ways. And Lord, we want to lift up our hands to heaven and call out to you and ask you to speak mightily into our situation. And Lord, we pray for spiritual awakening and spiritual growth in the churches of the Christian Reformed Church in Texas And, uh, Lord, we pray for all the pastors and a special prayer for Pastor Greg today. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.